Graceful goes over the top attack, A. Loba. Bursting in to the penalty area. Loba turns, lays it off for Sapong. Give them six. He scores. And the Tennesseans are flying into the playoffs. Welcome to a bonus emergency episode of the Club and Country podcast. We are the two gentlemen who've covered Nashville SC longer than anyone in their respective disciplines. Nashville SC radio analyst Wes Bowling. And I'm Tim Sullivan, the proprietor of clubcountryusa.com. With a historic night for Nashville SC on Wednesday, we thought it would be important to recap that Cincinnati match, talk about what Nashville accomplished, and then what is ahead this weekend. As once again, Tim, we keep talking about the next Nashville SC match on the schedule as the most important of the season. But Cincinnati was to date based on what Nashville accomplished, and Orlando can be now Sunday as a result of what the boys in gold got done in midweek. Yeah, I think you could definitely say that Orlando looks the most important right now. I think, you know, I just crunched the numbers. You can find it at clubcountryusa.com. I think the Red Bulls game on decision day is going to end up being a bit more important either way. But certainly when you look at what Nashville can accomplish with a win or a draw against Orlando City down in the Sunshine State, you can certainly look at it and say, okay, this is this is huge, even if it's not quite as big as that decision day match. We'll get to those stakes in just a minute. But first, let's relive a memorable night in the Queen City. Nine combined goals as Nashville comes from behind. They were down 2-0. They should have been down 3-0. And they were down 3-1 before scoring six, six goals, four of them in the second half. All four of those in the final 20 minutes plus stoppage time. So so the things that went on, number one, that win gives Nashville a playoff berth. So they will be in the playoffs mm-hmm. for the second straight season. Number two, Ake Loba scores his first goal in gold, also had an assist his second of the season. We mentioned the scoring record for Nashville SC. Scoring record for an opponent against Nashville SC as well ties what Orlando did to Nashville last year. A couple of players score braces, CJ Sapong and Randall Leal. Cincinnati, the first MLS team to finish last three straight seasons. But the headline, Tim, Nashville clinching the playoff berth and come from behind fashion. What did they accomplish both practically and from a confidence standpoint coming back like they did? Yeah, I think, you know, if you looked at my Twitter feed at halftime, you would have said that this game looks like it's going pretty direly. Of course, the fact that Randall Leal scored right before halftime made it feel a whole lot better. But um, the nature of the comeback, I think, underscores to this Nashville team that regardless of Um, You know, maybe some struggles, not just in the beginning of this game, but over the past few weeks, we are still that team that can come out and score a ton of goals and then showed, okay, yes, it was against Cincinnati. So maybe there's (laughs) there's not a ton that uh, will apply to like a playoff situation, but at the same time, they needed that confidence back just a little bit. I, I, you know, we've talked on this podcast a lot that I think, um, you know, fans get a little bit too worked up about, you know, a few scoreless draws or a few draws over the, over the past few weeks, but at the same time, If the fans feel that, you can bet the players are feeling it a little bit too. And to have that bounce back moment, um, both in the macro over the course of the past month and in the micro over the course of just the 90 minutes of that game, it's certainly going to make them feel a whole lot better going into these final two weekends of the regular season. Do you think it really was a product of the Nashville attack finding itself again? I mean, six goals you can't dismiss. Or was it more a product of the Cincy back line being that desperately bad? I mean, they'd given up 26 combined goals in their prior nine matches, nine in their previous two. And yet, often perception becomes reality, right? So a Nashville team putting the ball in the back of the net six times will give them confidence either way. Either way, was it Nashville truly being that great or was it Cincy being that terribly bad? 
there are obviously elements of both. I think when you look at what Cincy did, they played for the first time in a while with two defensive midfielders. They played a former U.S. international and Jeff Cameron on the back line. Their back line has the talent. And um, when they're kind of papering over their lack in defensive midfield that we talked about with Brad Weigel last week, with having two players in that role instead of just one, um, the the not so fleet of foot Harris Medunian has played a little too much there this year, but at least he had help this time. Um, so they were they should have been a little bit more defensively stout than they had been over the past few weeks. They still allowed six goals. So, you know, they haven't allowed six goals, even when they've allowed four five, et cetera, over the past few weeks. So certainly from that perspective, yes, there might have been an element of giving up. But Nashville also did something that even against Cincinnati is a rare feat. So Nashville has clinched a playoff berth and now they will visit an Orlando team that is five points back of them in the standings. So quite simply... A win or a draw against Orlando means that the Lions cannot pass the boys in gold in the standings. That's one thing. That would guarantee Nashville, Mm -hmm. essentially guarantee Nashville a a top three finish. What other things are on the line for this Nashville team? What do they have to do, for instance, to clinch a home playoff spot and to take a step toward top two? Yeah, I think when you look at what they can do, even with a loss in this game, um, they still have a 14.8% chance of finishing in second in the Eastern Conference. So that's incredible. Uh, With a win, it's a 70.4% chance. I would recommend that one, um, but Typically yeah, all, all they truly need to do um, to, to clinch a playoff or to clinch a home playoff game this weekend is win for the most part. Um, if they do that, they, they have sealed a top four finish. If they draw um, even in a draw, there's only a just barely over 10% chance that they could finish any lower than fourth place in a, in a home playoff spot too. So um, any result here gets them that home playoff game. A win means they probably get two home playoff games. So that's something that's going to be a pretty big deal. Um, and if they lose, if they lose, they can finish in seventh still. They can still be the last team in the playoff field in exactly one scenario, which involves both New York teams winning out over the rest of the regular season, which would also include Red Bulls beating Nashville, obviously. So I would not recommend that one. So my (laughs) recommendation, my official recommendation is win the game. That's a good one. And I think that's that's just really a deep dive, you know, into clearly, you know, logic. (laughs) And that's amazing. Uh, So Orlando is a team that that has given Nashville fits uh, recently, especially defensively. Um, this is a group that will not make a draw or a win straightforward. It's a desperate Orlando team, and it's an Orlando team Nashville has never shut out um, in all of its meetings with them. They scored two against Nashville uh, in Music City not too long ago, uh, and, and fans may remember, or they may have repressed that match because that, <laughs> that equalizer came in stoppage time. Um, it seems to me, Tim, that Nashville will need to score to earn a result in Orlando against non-Cincinnati teams. They've not scored on the road in four matches. What's going to be the key to this team to, to kickstarting this attack, um, you know, as they did against Cincinnati, but against a defense that's way better than Cincy's? Yeah, I think, you know, part of it is, is what we just talked about. It's kind of finding that belief again. And obviously that's a little bit more feelings ball than it, than it is yeah. something that you can actually kind of pragmatically build upon as, as part of your game plan. But at the same time, uh, Hani Mukhtar, Randall Leal, and CJ Sapong have not all been available over the over this kind of fallow period over the past few weeks. So having all three of them on the field together, if they're feeling if they're all feeling healthy and feeling good, this is a this is a group that really kind of takes them to a different level offensively. Um, obviously, you know, you mentioned that they probably won't shut out Orlando if the past is any indication. And um, this is as healthy as Orlando has been in a long time, too, with mm-hmm. Daryl DK finally fully healthy and finding his form again. So I agree with you there. And I do think it's going to be that that MLS line up front that's going to be so important. But we've also seen that the depth is there, too. Luke Hawkinson, 
making plays, uh, you know, in the past few weeks as well. Ake Loba finally getting on the score sheet himself and, and getting his second assist um, in the course of just over a week. So that's something that I think you're seeing the depth build up a little bit more, but it is about those top three guys. MLS line. Have you trademarked that yet? Or are you still working no. on that? No, I think that's, uh, I think it's become fairly common among like the extra time guys at this point. So I'll have to give them all credit for it. Well, that's a shame. Mukhtar Leal Sapong. Hey, steal it from out, out from under him, get the trademark, and uh, we'll let you get off of here and, and do that in just a minute. A couple more questions for you. Nashville switched away from its three man slash five man back line uh, for the first time against Cincinnati since the 11th match of the season or 10th match of the season. Uh, do you expect them to continue with the 4-2-3-1, which gives them an extra attacker? Or do you think now that they're going up against an Orlando team with such a, a threatening attack, they're going to uh, trade in that extra attacker and bolster the defense and go 3-5 again? Yeah, I think they. when you give up three goals to FC Cincinnati, you don't feel good about what you did <laughs> defensively. And so given that what they did defensively was such a different vibe from what we've seen in the recent weeks, it probably makes more sense to go back to that back three, back five. Mm-hmm. At the same time, a suspension for Dan Lovitz for yellow card accumulation is going to make that a little bit tougher. I think part of the reason that we've seen them be a little bit more experimental on the back line is because they're trying to find both a backup left back and right back who can excel at the same time. And that's a little bit more difficult when you put, for example, Alistair Johnston into the center backs instead of as the right fullback. So we'll see what happens. But I do think, um, especially because it helps open up that offense a little bit more, which seems counterintuitive to give, you know, put more players in the back line and you open up the offense. But we've seen that that's the way it works for this team specifically. So I think that that's something that you could really look at and say, this is, this is not only the what but it's the why that it makes sense to do that and every one of those attackers now could be considered in form because of what they did against cincinnati randall all mm-hmm. man of the match two goals one assist also mls mls team of the week cj sapong two goals honey mukhtar three assists that somehow did not make the bench of the mls team of the week barco with no goals and no assists they, they, they've got a, they've got a pre pre retcon not having honey <laughs> in the mls mvp <laughs> conversation i guess that's it right yeah they're going to build one faulty <laughs> argument off another um and then Ake Loba, the one I wanted to ask you about mm-hmm. in our final question here. One goal, one assist for him. He gets on, on the score sheet, uh, on the goal sheet, that is, for the first time uh, in Nashville SC Colors. How important is that for him and, and for a striker like him who, who had he only taken, uh, I think, like one total shot before mm-hmm. that Cincy game? Now he's, he's going to be an option for you, right? He's going to yeah. have that confidence. What do you think that means to him and for this Nashville team? Yeah, I think he's he's kind of um, if, if fans haven't listened to our interview with Gary Smith just a couple of weeks ago, I would recommend doing that. I suspect if you're listening to a bonus, so you've already gotten that one in. But um, I think what Gary was saying in that conversation with us was about Ake building confidence and building chemistry over the course of his time in Nashville. And that we just wasn't quite ready yet for prime time. And I think once you get that first goal, if you're Ake Loba, you finally start to see, OK, you know, this has been for a reason. I've been kind of ramping up to this moment, and it's something that, that can have him not only be a, a valuable member of the lineup, but a valuable member of the scoring sheet a lot of the, of the times that we have seen him kind of maybe take a pass on some of those opportunities or or have a, a penalty uh, taken by Alex Muil instead of him. I think this is the second episode in a row I've brought that up. This is not an Alex Muil slamming podcast. Third episode in four, yeah. I believe. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> it is it is just a situation where I think Loba needed an on-field reason to get that confidence because yeah. he's been building it in training and it's and then hopefully we've seen what it takes to get him opened up for not only these last two games but the playoffs all right we'll close with your bold prediction for nashville sc and orlando city 3 p.m central time on sunday yeah i think this is going to 
play out somewhat similarly to last year's game, which fans might remember was oh Orlando City building a lead and Nashville having an incredible comeback with Hani Mukhtar, who is not quite healthy coming in into the game as a late substitute. Um, I, I think providing three, all three assists and Jander and Cadi scoring the game-winning goal at the very end. The question is just whether, whether, whether they're able to complete that comeback this week. And I think a tie is probably enough. And so it might not be pushed for quite as hard as it was at the end of last year's game on decision day, but certainly it's one where I do think both teams are going to score multiple goals. And I think either or both of them can have chances in the final minute and a half to, to get that win. And, and if one of them converts it, that's what happens. It'll be a national TV broadcast. You can catch it on Twitter or on uh, TUDN, or you can catch radio. Uh, Tony Husband and Jamie Watson will have the call. I'll be studio hosting ESPN 94.9, 3 p.m. It's a 3.08 p.m. kickoff if you want to be really particular. Uh, Nashville SC and Orlando, as the boys in gold, have clinched a playoff spot and are on the verge of doing much more than that. Thanks for listening to our bonus episode. Thanks to Moon Taxi for providing the music. Even in these bonus episodes, we've got to give them some love and put them in here. And to ESPN 94.9 for the John Ward-esque highlight from John Freeman. Not many times you get to call a sixth goal for a team, and he took advantage in true Tennessee fashion. Uh, thank you guys for listening. We'll try to give some more of these bonus episodes, perhaps throughout the stretch run of this season, especially into the playoffs. Now that we know that Nashville is officially there, we can start planning ahead, and we hope you'll join us for each and every episode. Tim, anything else to add? Nope, just make sure you rate, review, subscribe. Follow Wes on Twitter. Do not follow me on Twitter. Follow at WestBowlingTN. There you That's go. It. Got it. You already follow Tim on Twitter, most likely. But if you don't, don't listen to him. Don't heed his advice. Follow him. Both the personal account, if you want some good Virginia Tech football updates, but also Club Country USA, the best website, the best resource, and this podcast, of course, a good companion piece to that. Thanks, everybody. We'll talk to you soon.